listeners, this is your host, Cece Wong, and you're listening to my interview podcast where I chat with guests from all walks of life about their dreams and goals, their life experiences, and unique ways of looking at the world. On today's episode, my guest is Celia Pang. She is a graphic designer slash illustrator slash doodle artist. Celia left her native country Mauritius two years ago and came to Canada in search of new opportunities as an artist. She is the founder of Dream Doodle, a unique brand of art she's developed herself from the simple technique of doodling we're all familiar with from grade school. Celia's dreamy doodle art features tropical nature, marine animals, Mauritian culture, and environmental themes she's passionate about and are known for their intricate patterns, bold strokes, and bright colors. I met Celia at her very first art exhibit in Toronto earlier this February, and left being impressed by her talent and creativity. I wanted to get to know her better, both as an artist and as an individual. So here she is. Welcome, Celia. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How's your day been? Uh, it's good. It's just snowing today. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, so we're here today to talk about your art and to also find out a little bit more about yourself. So can you begin by telling our listeners um, who you are, what you do, and where you're from? So I am from Mauritius. I was born in Mauritius, and then I came to Toronto like since two years. I am a graphic designer and illustrator. So I work in the advertising industry. Tell us a little bit about Mauritius. That's from my knowledge, it's a very tropical country. Yes, yes. So you have like a lot of beaches, like mountains, and also like the culture is very diverse. So you have like Indians, Muslim, French people. Even like I just saw like a Korean family like just came like one, two years ago before I left. Uh, and then you have like the Creole people, like black people and Chinese people. So even though you are like this kind of ethnic person, but mm. we call ourselves Mauritian. Like, mm. Once you speak like Creole, you are a Mauritian. Like if you know the culture and everything, you are a Mauritian. But the official languages are English and French. Is that right? So, yeah. Officially, the language is like English, like government stuff. Uh, and then in our everyday life, we speak French and Creole. English is mostly like for maybe professional stuff or, or if you see like a friend or a visitor from another country. It's not like talk a lot compared to, English, compared to French and Creole. Mm. So your your most comfortable language is actually French and Creole. Yeah, because me, when I came here, I had struggled a lot, but I understand, I write well, I listen well. It's just like speaking was a little bit like stumble, but after like some time, I got used to it, like talking to people here in English <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good that you can easily, um, more easily transition yourself to Toronto. But Toronto is, I would say, pretty similar. Well, it shouldn't be too foreign to you, given the diversity in uh, ethnicity here. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's almost the same. But here, 
I would say like people recognize themselves as more to their culture instead of being like Canadian. I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you came to Canada. You said two years ago. What for? So for me, I was looking like for new opportunities and also like if I'm able like to share my arts here mm-hmm. and. Like for me, I just wanted a new adventure also, cause I have been like in Mauritius like since many years, cause I study, live, and work. So I just wanted like something fresh, <laughs> out of the blue, and just yeah, go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there like I I've been to Hawaii. I don't know if you've been there, um, but it's a very nice place. It's also an island. Uh, as you know, <laughs> it's very beautiful. It's very tropical. Lots of beaches and very relaxing. But is there such a thing maybe for you uh, akin to like island fever, where you feel a little bit um, claustrophobic being on one island your entire life? I would say it depends on the personality. Cause me, I like to explore. Cause when I was in Mauritius, like I used to go hiking a lot. I like to see like new places of nature uh yeah so like you have like different mountains you see like waterfall rivers you go where you should not go so (laughs) (laughs) i understand that nature uh was a big influence in the art you create too Mm -hmm. i really like nature because i feel like very relaxed and i feel myself (laughs) yeah Tell me a little bit more about your childhood in Mauritius. What kind of child were you? And uh, when did you begin taking an interest in art? So me, like as a child, I was like very shy, I would say introvert. I'm very like calm. Like you won't hear me like if I'm here. So I just like to do my stuff like by myself. Like drawing or even like watching my favorite movies like Disney and then (laughs) (laughs) also like driving. I remember like my little red car they gave me so I just drive by myself. (laughs) Yeah and also like as a child like my mom was telling me like I never cried like like I cry but not like everybody because she said like like the tourists so there was like apartments around and there was like tourists and then the tourists were saying like oh they never knew there was a baby here we never heard anything (laughs) (laughs) wow so you kept yourself busy i guess you were sort of lost in your own world um, of drawing yeah maybe just imagining like what can be so what did you used to draw as a kid uh I like to draw like horses, which is what I remember. And then like birds, like anything about animals, I like to draw. And also like, uh, of course, like my mom, my dad, like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like some landscape. And then I remember I was drawing also about some Pokemon stuff. <laughs> like very anime. <laughs> yeah, imaginary animals too. Yeah. So did you ever take art lessons as a kid? As a kid, like very small kid, I draw like whatever I want. As from secondary school that I took like some art classes because I was enrolled like in art class at school. So you have, so you need to know like some techniques like for the exam so that you can pass and everything. And did you enjoy taking those classes? 
Yeah, yeah, it was fun because you learn like many types of technique, like aquarelle. Uh, and then I also was painting on silk, which was really fun. One project I did, I think it was for the SC school certificate or high school certificate. So we have to do like a big project for the exam, for the big exam. So I did like a big piece of silk. And then I draw like all the culture on it, like Chinese, mm -hmm. Indian, Muslim, and Christian. Mm -hmm. And then I just paint on it. There is something I call Jianqin, something you heat, you heat with, uh, you heat with candles to block the, to block the paint. It it creates like some kind of batik, batik effect. Which was okay. cool, yeah. I did that, and then I don't know. I, I still have it, but it's not with me. <laughs> it's it's back in Mauritius. Yeah. Ah. And then what I learned also, like trying to use different colors, like tone on tone. This one was fun, like so painting like horses, and also like waves, like anything. Because it's also like still life, like many types of thing the teacher like taught us, just mm -hmm. to get those get used to it and the skills. Mm. Was art your only passion? You know, when you were a kid, uh, or did you have other areas of interest that you were considering exploring um, as a career? Personally, me. Uh, I wanted like to do design. There was. There was like a class in design, but it was not like for girls <laughs> at that time in that school. Like there were like very little schools that did like design class. So in my school, there was not this kind of class. So mm -hmm. I had only art. That was, um, you said, in secondary school. And then you went to university also in Mauritius and studied art some more, right? Yeah, so in graphic design and advertising. Oh, I see. And what kind of classes uh, did that program offer? So this one was mainly based like doing creative advertising campaign. Mm -hmm. Because like, I remember there was a class like they just give you like a brief. I think maybe like three, four time, three, four brief. And then for each brief, you have like to provide like 100 IDIs. So it was like 400 IDIs. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was illustration, graphic design. And there was like printing. Also like illustrator, in design, Photoshop. Also photography we did. Mm-hmm. And then I think something like project management also. Mm -hmm. But it was more like, I would say, focused on advertising. Like, you have to be like a genius of ideas, like always generate ideas. So was that a departure from what you were imagining? Because you like to draw, right? And advertising is a little bit different. It's more like selling ideas. Yeah, it's a bit different, but I enjoy it because you can like express like different like thoughts of what you think according to the guidelines like at university like it's fun you can do whatever you want but if you go like working for someone you cannot just like give whatever 
like any ideas just like that it has to be like on some kind of very important points so you can tell them like yeah this is good this is like this we should do it yeah i guess yeah so you learn to sort of um deal with potential clients down the road and to yeah. work based on like a framework or certain constraints and criteria because mm-hmm. yeah because it's not only about like the branding requirements also mm-hmm. it sometimes is also like depends on the client personality so mm-hmm. we don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah after you graduated did you go right into advertising or what did you end up doing what was your first job my first job, uh, I guess uh, it was like in marketing. It's a, it's a bit of both. So it was like to create like banners, like website, and then like printing, like magazine, brochure. And then after that, I went into more like production, mm-hmm. like to learn more about the techniques instead of doing only the ideas because I felt like I need to be like more in depth with the techniques of using like Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign, mm-hmm. especially for printing, because there are like a lot of skill you need to know, like for printing, because there is like packaging, there is like newsletter, magazine, little tags, and then like also like to see like in person how it is. It's really good to know. Mm-hmm. And then also like to create like a supermarket catalog. So we have like specific guidelines to do it. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to use like coding also in it. But I wasn't, I wasn't doing like the coding side. I was just like seeing how these designers do it. Mm-hmm. I just like create the catalog. That's it. Mm-hmm. And also there was like illustration. Because they saw, like, I do the doodle stuff. Yep. So they told me, like, just one to time, like, just, like, create something. Yeah. Do you remember what you enjoyed doing the most out of all those things that you mentioned? Uh, I think I would say illustration. And then all the printing design, which is fun. Because you, you create the design, like, on your laptop. And then afterward, you can see it like come to life mm-hmm. in front of you, which is nice. Uh-huh. I read that you did some like big mirror arts for individuals, shopping centers. Oh, yeah. yeah, so this one is like like freelance as an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did for uh, Soflo Mall. And then I did also like for a university... Uh, African Leadership University mm-hmm. uh, and then I also did one in a hotel which is called like Veranda Tama, Veranda Tamara mm-hmm. and then like some live painting in Cascavel Mall uh, and also like some individual like asked me like if I can do like in their own houses so. mm-hmm. oh wow that's cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so in those cases, did you have like um, creative some creative freedom, or w- were they mostly based on what your clients were asking of you? So this one, it was like they gave me like a theme, mm-hmm. 
So for example, the African Leadership University, so they have a theme, but they asked me like to do it in my doodle style. Mm-hmm. And they wanted like something like black background with like white outlines. This is what they told me. So me, I just like research about all the architecture like in Africa from the list they gave me. Mm-hmm. And then I just like do a collage together and I just draw it. Mm. And then this is how it was created. So for this one, it has like to be the same because this is like like housing and architecture. You cannot very like change stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... For the SoFlo, so this one they asked me, like, they want something like just nature. So this one was a bit more free, but I have to stick, like, to nature, so I cannot add, like, dodos, this kind of stuff. It has to be, like, pure flowers and leaves, branches, things mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. yeah, It's just, like, some little stuff that the client will just tell you, like, we don't want that. We only want this, this, this. So I have to stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> I see. But when a client picks you over, let's say, another artist for their project, um, I guess it's because your personal, like they've seen your artwork, of course, and mm-hmm. your personal style probably resonated with them, right? I guess, yeah, yeah, so. Because yeah. they say, like, they really like what I do. This is why, like, they want to work with me and collaborate on this project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like as an artist, it's not really that stifling to work with a client because you do still have some say in your in your in, in the artwork that they've commissioned. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do tell them like uh this is this will be better, so and then I, I would just like wait like if they accept or not. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. <laughs> Normally, a client is a king, so... Yeah. <laughs> Even if you say, like, mm-hmm. some stuff, like, we can improve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you find it hard to enjoy art um, when you're working as a professional artist? I guess just a little bit, but within the process, I enjoy it because it is all about creation and drawing, adding colors, adding lines here, yeah. So the process itself is enjoyable to you, no matter what you are asked to do. Yeah, yes. So let's talk about your doodle art, because that's the exhibit that I attended, and that was my first introduction to your art. When did this doodling become the signature art form for you? When I was doing internship, I had some time to create, like, anything so i just have like markers like black markers and my notepad mm-hmm. so when i have time so i just like scribble or do whatever i want and then from time to time i went like to work for people i just showed them like what i do and they said oh it's really nice you should like post them and share them on instagram and facebook and then also like for me myself I was like thinking maybe I could make something of it. So I started to share some of my works. And at the same time, I was researching about how I could like sell my art to people. So I did like um, personalized mug. So you have like to buy like certain markers and coating. So I, so people just asked me like what they want on the mug 
or I can just improvise and then I just draw on it and then I was selling those mugs to people. This is the doodle I was doing on the mugs. This is how it started. I would say like people know me much and then and then it just came like murals, like some people want like personalized illustration for birthdays. And, and then afterwards, some wanted like design, like on clothing. Um, and then it came like mirrors, and then it came like live painting. <laughs> That's crazy. So it really grew yeah. from just, you know, you doodling on a piece of paper during your internship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty spectacular, I would say. So when you were doing your internship, was that when you were still in school? When I just finished university, I would say. Was that like five years ago, 10 years ago? Seven years ago, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so it took you seven years to grow to this current stage for your yeah. doodle art. Yeah, because I think like every artist like need time like to like to to grow by themselves like to find even like like doodle art is like is like the tool but you need like your inspiration to put on paper also so i guess that inspiration like take time and it is by gaining life experience absolutely so I want to talk a little bit more about doodling. When you say doodling to anybody here in Canada, the first thought that I have is like, you know, little kids doodling in class when they're bored. Like I used to do that. And my classmates, I remember in middle school and high school, would doodle like when, they're, when the teacher is, you know, up in front lecturing them. But if you look at, you know, what comes of their doodle, a lot of it is just some, you know, random patterns, right? Yeah. But it doesn't look like a piece of art, if you know what I mean. Like, there's no mm -hmm. clear subject. Like, the art yeah. that I see when you displayed it in the uh, art exhibit. Like, your doodle art actually has a very clear subject and a theme. So, mm -hmm. have you always been able to produce that when you were doodling, even during your internship? Or did your doodling also start as just... um? you know, random patterns. So when it just started, it's just like anything that came out to my mind and I just draw it. Like, because sometimes like a doodle art, it can take like a week or two weeks. It's just like when I just want to draw. So, so sometimes you can see like a mouth, you can see like a coffee cup, like being added to the mouth or it can be like, a phone with a fruit here. So I like I like to incorporate like a bit of bizarre, bizarre stuff like which is not which is how do we say that? <laughs> which is not like common I would say. Okay. Like like the old phone. Mm -hmm. So there is like two rounds so you can put like fruits here, like to mix two things together which are the opposite. Yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this was like the beginning and then afterwards I, I began like to think like I wanted like like a an animal for myself because I like animals so I was thinking like maybe the dodo because it's more like related to Mauritius like maybe I can make use of it mm -hmm. we don't know so I, I started like to incorporate the dodos in my doodles also with nature because I like to draw a lot of 
leaves, flowers, yeah. like anything tropical. And then from time to time, I was like hiking also. So I wanted like to draw the like the landscape or the hiking, so, like including mountains, waterfall, mm-hmm. and also like people. Just one two people, which is like the dodo itself, like trying to impersonate the dodo just a little bit. But I think it's just now that I'm more like putting the dodos like, like as a person, like being like a lady or a man <laughs> or <laughs> in different situations. Yeah, yes. yeah, your dodos are everywhere in your know, drawings. There was like even one uh drawing of the dodo doing like a yoga pose, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you really kind of approach doodling as an art form. It's not just doodling to take your mind off of things. You were really trying to compose something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's very unique because, um, like, I've never seen it before, to be honest. <laughs> but oh, until you. I met you. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen lots of, you know, really high-class art in art galleries. But those are very common, I think. But yours is very unique, and I think that's what people remember it. Tell me a little bit about your creative process. You touched on this a little bit already. Tell me about the different stages. Like, how do you come up with an idea for a doodle? And um, how do you sort of develop it over time and lead it to a completed art piece? So what I used to do is sometimes I write my own code by myself. It can be English, it can be French, it can be Creole. So those codes are mainly like, I would say entrepreneur code or maybe code about life, like like a simple code, like something like never give up, something, things like this. Mm-hmm. And then, or maybe like just take time to relax, things like this. So by this kind of phrase, like I try like to imagine like how the drawing can be. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just like put it like on paper and then put it on digital also and then add the colors and everything. This is like one and also, or, may, or maybe I can just like draw on the Canva like this and then afterwards I will digitalize it, things like that. And maybe another process also is just things I see. Like, it just pop up in my head. I just, like, write it on my phone. And then after what I will just draw it. It can yeah. be anything. <laughs> yeah. I see. In terms of your doodling, right? I remember this one piece of art that I saw, which was the of the starfish. Yeah. The blue and white piece, yeah? And, like, there were um, certain patterns and shapes you used to fill the starfish. It made the piece look really calm and relaxing. So for this one, I would say like I research like on the internet, like on Google. So you just see like different time types of starfish, and then I grab like all the visual information, and then I just draw like I don't know. I can't explain like you just draw like continuously like mm-hmm. where you where I want. Okay. But what about like the specific um like details, the patterns? Uh, the patterns, I think it's just like natural from it just came from your head. Yeah. <laughs> just natural. <laughs> Can't explain. <laughs> Can't explain. Alright, okay. 
you make doodles to also raise awareness on issues like environmental issues that are important to you. There was a huge piece, um, I think there was a huge wall at the art exhibit uh, where you featured all the doodle art you've made on the uh, MV Wakashio oil spill uh, that occurred in 2020 near Mauritius. Um, when the Japanese bulk carrier uh, ran aground on a coral reef and spilled 1,000 tons of oil, uh, leading the Mauritian government to declare the incident a national emergency. Were you in Mauritius when that happened? Uh, no, I was here in Canada when that happened. But for me, like, I was like sad that this happened and I was worried also because I... Because Mauritius is so beautiful, like, how can a petrol, like, just like this, just go and destroy all the places that is, like, really beautiful? Like, I think it's on the south of the island, yeah. like, southeast. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're all, like, pretty nice beaches. They're Like, like the sand is really soft and everything, and you have, like, a lot of different uh, coastal marine, like, different fish, uh, yeah. So for me, I wanted like to draw because I want to express like we cannot like let this happen again, and we have to help like right now to raise fund to help remove like all the oils or anything. So I just like create like a series of uh, illustration for the wakashio. So there is one like with a lady like grabbing like the dolphin because in Mauritius like there was like a news that between fifty and one hundred or twenty five I don't know dolphin that were dead like by the beach. They were just floating like in the seawater. <laughs> it was sad to see that because because I think like Mauritius, so there is, I think there is like a lot of whales, dolphins that pass through Mauritius during their migration. So I just draw this illustration and then it's not only me, so there was like different artists who did it also. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a clothing company, so they wanted, they were choosing like one drawing per artist. So one of my drawing was chosen. So it was the one with the fish with a knife on the head. Yep. Yeah, this one. And so we chose this and then we just like put advertising on our page like, to say we have to help Mauritius now to save the uh, ocean, the coastal, mm-hmm. our coast, beautiful lagoon. So did your, did your teachers help to raise funds? Yeah, so there was like Instagram stories where the clothing company was sharing, like mm-hmm. they were selling these to raise the fund. There was a lot of t shirt that was sold because I was also myself donating like money mm-hmm. to the association there. So. Do you find doodle art a powerful way to um, uh, raise awareness? You know, the graphics you create, you, you said before that people use it on mugs. Um, they use it on t-shirts. You, you think it's a way to get people's attention and the fact that you can wear it, you can carry it is another way to broadcast and send a message? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Because it's very versatile, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
like this kind of drawing and it's like easy and accessible like like anytime I can like just draw like if if there is a like a necessity somebody like needs it so I can just come up with an idea and I just draw it and then I just show it to the person and then maybe like in one two days we have like to produce it Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between doodling to you and just sketching, like a rough sketch of something? Uh, sketching is more like with a pencil, and then doodling is more like the refined details, I would say. Like it's more finish for me. I like the dark, I like the dark tone on the white paper. I see. So do you, do you, do you doodle with like a marker? Yeah, like a marker. Uh, like... I think there are like Stedler or Molotov, Posca, all these kind of markers mm-hmm. that I use. Mm, I see. And when you're doodling, um, do you also do it to take your mind off things these days or to express yourself? I guess mostly nowadays, I would say a way to express like my thoughts about what is happening or make people feel like my idea, like just like what you saw, like the yoga pose. Mm-hmm. Just make people feel they are in that situation. Mm-hmm. And on my personal side, I like just to draw like whatever I want, just to relax myself. Mm-hmm. So it's freedom yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Do you think... Anybody can learn to doodle like you? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Because doodling like, is a tool. So to make doodle art is another thing. Like, there is like the art. So the art has to come like within yourself. Like, what will you draw? So anybody can doodle, but what will you draw to impact someone? Like, there should be, like, a very, like, how do you say, pro- prominent idea. I don't know, like, something that will strike somebody else, I would say. So, as an artist, for you, um, what's the best thing about being an artist? The thing that I like is I have all the freedom that I want. <laughs> Come. Yeah, it's just like being an entrepreneur, but it's more like on the creative side, I would say. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, like, you can do, like, whatever you want also. Enfin, not not whatever, whatever, whatever you want, but mostly, like, 99% of like whatever you want. And just, like, share with the world what you do. Mm-hmm. I would say that. And also, like, it's a way... I don't know, you develop, like, your mindset also. Mm-hmm. Like, being, like, more open. Yeah. Like, to different things. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's one thing um, that we hear about a lot. Like, an artist's brain is very different. Like, when you're walking down the street, what do you notice? What catches your eye? I would say, like, people's behavior. I, I don't know. I like to examine, like, people's behavior. And also me as a person, I love food. So every time I see like food, I'm just like curious, like especially like pastries. Oh yeah, I have <laughs> I have seen like in Toronto like there were like so many different kind of pastries. There was like macarons, 
Like, I just saw, like, there was a place called, I think, Dango. Oh, yes, I've heard of it. Dango Cake Lab. Yeah, so there was, like, those little macarons anime. You can see the fox and everything. I was like, wow, that's so nice. I never saw this before. <laughs> I have to buy this. Yeah, I've actually tried those. They were a gift from my friend, and they were quite nice. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah. So, now that you moved to Toronto, has the subject of your art changed? Yes, I would say yes, uh, but it will take me like some time because I just came here like two years. Mm -hmm. I don't know, two years for some people can be like short or long, but for me, like I take time to learn things. Like when I learn something, I really learn it, so I take my time. So it may be like Maybe one to one more two years, or maybe now we don't know that I will create like things related to Toronto. Mm. Like I will just grab my little mascot, <laughs> Dodo, yes, and then I will make it go into Toronto situation. <laughs> yeah, trying a macaron from Dango Cake Lab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be very cool to watch, and you can have another exhibit <laughs> to showcase yeah. that. Yeah, Dodo on the yeah. streets of Toronto. <laughs> or maybe also, like, I will have another animal anime. I don't know, maybe a squirrel or, I don't know, a raccoon, which is friend with the Dodo. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress. So right now, have you had a chance to explore uh, Toronto and the surrounding regions since you got to Canada? I know it's the pandemic, so it's a little bit hard. Uh, I would say maybe just like downtown, like the parks. Mm -hmm. Mostly, I would say mostly like food. Yeah, like a lot of different food I try. I think that like the like I think park and snow and the fall because we don't have fall in Mauritius, so having fall here was interesting because you can see like all the yellow orange colors you can see here, which was really inter interesting like to see. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you made any um, art, even sketches, based on Toronto? Not yet. But since I was staying like inside the room every time because of COVID, mm -hmm. so I drawn like a bit about COVID. Like you know, there was like people like buying all the papers, paper toilets. So I tried like to include <laughs> all these elements in a drawing. Okay. It was like a person with like octopus hair. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like a comic like, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So before I let you go, I'm just curious, um, where do you hope to take your um, doodle art to next? Uh, I would say like to start selling my art to people here. Because for me, like, I have a full time job, so it takes like most of the time and I travel, but I still like want to try on the side. Mm -hmm. So I want to do that. And then I want to do like more mural art here mm -hmm. where there is like opportunities i will just go mm -hmm. yeah i think it's just it just depends like on opportunities like where it brings you you can apply to so many things it's just like an entrepreneur you apply to so many things 
and then sometimes you fail, sometimes a door opens, so you just go, <laughs> you just do it. Well, thank you, Celia, for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks to you also. Celia Pong is the founder of Dream Doodle. You can check out her doodle art at thedreamdoodle.com and hire her if you like what you see. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and head over to cc-wan.com. That's s-i-s-s-i-w-a-n-g.com for more interviews like this one. Plus, read about the guests you just heard and see pictures from the interviews. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. Until next time. <laughs>